Hi, how's it going? You know where we are? Is this a trick question? <laughs> We're in the cryptid zone. Ah, I see what you did there. <laughs> That's yes. so clever. Thank you. Man, It wild. only took us 17 episodes, but we got there to the easy joke. Uh-huh. I think you mean 21 episodes, Lois, please. Oh, you're right. I do. Yeah. Uh, it only yeah. took us 21 episodes to get to the easy joke. We did it. Hooray. Hooray. Here we are in the zone, finally, the zone. after all this time. The cryptid zone. We've been faking it until now, but now <laughs> we've made it. My name is Lois Stone. My name is Jeremy Hughes. Uh, Why did I do that? Because you're a cool guy. That's true. And today we're talking about Champ, the Lake Champagne monster. Champlain? Champlain. Champlain. I mean, if I... Champ is such a good name. It is such a good name. Just really solid branding, I feel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love it. It, like, rolls off the tongue real nice. It does. It, it has, you know, presence. It also has this, like, really loving, like, familiarity, you know? Yep. Mm-hmm. Where it's, like, your pal who lives in the lake, you know? Yeah, the champ. Everyone roots for the champ. And Because I, I feel like some of the the... Beasties that we've discussed have this like very ominous like attack people or whatever. But like Champ, like you're gonna invite him to the barbecue. Champ's it's just cool. not about that. Yeah, he just wants to chill. Champ's having a good time. Yeah. Let's all go hang out. With with our good pal Champ. Just a cool snake person. <laughs> snake, who knows? Who knows? Who can say? Who can who I mean we can because we're experts. We can. We have pages and pages of notes. <laughs> yes. We've done the research. We have answered your questions. Preemptively. And now you have to sit here and listen to us talk about it for too long. <laughs> or just long enough. Just long enough. Just the right amount of long. Yeah. So Champ, our good pal, like we said, lives in Lake Champlain, which is on, it is the border of Vermont and New York State. With a little tiny bit that goes into Canada. Just a little bit. Just a little. Just a little, just, yeah. just a little nubbin. Yeah, yeah. A little um, Canadian nubbin. Just when, you know, Champ wants to, like, go chill over there for a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Sometimes we all gotta, we got to go to Canada for a little bit. You just want to get away, you know? Yeah. Get some loonies. Tim Hortons. Yeah, I was about to make a Tim Hortons joke, yep. Well, I just ruined it by just saying the words Tim Hortons. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> oh, Tim Hortons. Anyway, um, <laughs> I tweeted them actually, and they tweeted me back. Tim Hortons. Yes, asking specifically you... if I could buy their French vanilla coffee creamer in bulk. And can you? Not yet, mm. but they said that they were working on developing it in the UK. Just specifically for you. Yes. <laughs> uh huh. So, any other UK listeners in development? <laughs> Tim Hortons French vanilla coffee creamer. How many people from the UK know what Tim Hortons? I mean, they probably know what it is, but they've never had that, right? I mean, they have. Probably. It's here now. Like there are Tim Hortons. Like there's like um, has it like arrived? Capital A. Uh, I don't know if it's arrived, but like it's chilling. Is it like because because I know there is for some completely unknown reason there is a single second cup, which is another Canadian coffee mm. chain in Cardiff. I lived there for a little while, and I was just like, there's a second cup here. And it's not like Starbucks, where like second cup exists in the UK. There is just one there, so in there Cardiff. So there was one in Manchester, but it closed. Right. So I'm guessing it's one of those... 
I wonder if it's like, is it like the thing where they they do franchising? And like, if you lived in Canada, you moved to the UK, you're like, you know what? I'm going to bring a little slice of home with me. I'm going to open a second cup. And there are like five in the UK or something. Maybe. Uh, yeah. I feel like Tim Hortons, though, is like really trying to... They try to do it? To become a presence. Yeah. Okay, all right. Because they're, they're being really strategic. Like they've opened one by the uni and like, mm. you know, really market to students. And there's a bunch in London and like, I think there's one in Leeds, you know? So I feel like they're really... Like there's like somewhere... There is like a, 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 in a Tim Hortons office, there's a giant map of the UK with like strings on it with strategies. Right, right, right. Uh, yeah, the Charlie Day meme. Yeah, exactly. And then like on right. the list, there's just like, here is a person of everyone who's asked us to book by coffee creamer. <laughs> it's just one enormous pin <laughs> with Lois Stone next to it. Yes. I miss that coffee. I miss flavored coffee creamer so much. While I was home for Christmas, I got myself re-addicted to coffee just because I like could have coffee creamer. The concept of creamer just fucks me up. It's like it's not milk. Yeah, but it's just like a fun milk. flavor also. So it's like a little bit of milk and a little bit of, you know, hazelnut. But like you can you can get the flavor on its own, right? You can get coffee flavorings. Yeah, but I like the little bit of milk. I mean, okay. All right. Fair. I, I will not press this issue. I, you know who else I'm sure loves Tim Hortons coffee creamer is Champ. <laughs> Maybe. I circled it back round. How? You will never circle it back round. <laughs> this is a digressions only podcast. Uh, <laughs> how do you make coffee underwater? Um, I mean, they do it in SpongeBob, so. Okay. <laughs> And that's like science, so. Mm-hmm. The creative of SpongeBob has like a marine biology degree or something. Yep. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> next, next topic. You don't, you don't seem convinced. No, that's what's tight. No pun intended. <laughs> All right, let's talk about our pal some more. So, what's the deal with Champ? Well, there have been more than three hundred reported sightings of him. We assume it's a him. Mm-hmm. The lake is named for the French cartographer Samuel de Champlain. Mm-hmm. Classic European guy being like, look some water. Yep. It's my child now uh-huh. and therefore has my name. Yep. He's an explorer. Yep. Capital E. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's often reported as being the first sighting, but then a bunch of other stuff that I read said that the quote about Champ from our friend Samuel was completely fabricated. So. Hmm. I did not see that. Is it just like, a, I mean, I I guess I'm getting this mostly from the two paperbacks I have right next to me by oh. Lauren Coleman, who say that uh, in the, in his journal, Champlain talks about the creature. Is that just not true? What's the deal? So he talks about like some big ass fish, mm-hmm. but he doesn't describe it as a monster. That's well, interesting because Coleman basically says he wrote down it was a monster and he's a dumb shit because it's probably just a big fish. Mm. Yeah, because there's this quote about like he has a 20 foot serpent thick as a barrel and like loads of other sources are like, yeah, no, the, the magazine that reported it just made it up. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, that was in 1609, right? Uh, yeah, like you yes. said, 20 feet long with a barrel with a kind of horsey head. Yeah. Kind of a horse style head. I feel like head. they has got a horsey head. Kind of like yeah. a horse head. Head of a horse. So, hold on. I did write down that I had a question uh, related to uh, to horse head. Hold on. Where did I where did I write this? 
Um, hmm. I took too many notes now. Uh, That's right. We can we can just wait. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Um, That's fine. L leave this part in, Ben. <laughs> what is this? Um, oh, okay, okay, okay. So it was from a different like reporting in eighteen nineteen with Captain Crumb, but it said that Trump was having a head like a seahorse. Hmm. Right. So I was like seahorse like. Like a seahorse, like a sea or like, like a, a sea horse, horse in the sea. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Right. Was, Who can say? Is it just like a land horse that's in the sea, or are we talking like, you know, the the fish dude? The, <laughs> I mean, to in terms of the head, at least, it doesn't really matter because the seahorse is called the seahorse because its head is like a horse of the sea. Yeah, but so it's got the little like neuter, you know, the little neuter, the little trumpet face. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like that's that's really what I am worried about about the difference because I feel like like the horse nose versus like a seahorse nose right are right. much different vibes. Does it have the snout? Yeah. Yeah, it's true, but I I don't think anyone has seen Champ up close enough to be able to tell the difference between the two. So who can say really what like the the nose termination point characteristics are? Well. What do you think would be the superior snout? Uh, I mean, I think horse snout is like top tier. Okay. I don't think there are any snouts better than the horse's snout. Horses do have very good snouts. Horse is a majestic creature. I feel like the horse snout is also great because, like, when you want to pet it, it's like soft and round and nice to touch. Yeah. But then if the horse decides that it hates you, it can just like lift up the lip and there's like a trillion angry teeth there, you know? I feel like that's true. I feel like that doesn't take into account. Imagine what the situation would be if there was a like a horse-sized seahorse face in your face. I feel like that would also have some fucked up shit. And we just don't think about that because it's so small. Oh, yeah, no, 100%. But that's why I'm saying that the land horse face is better is because there's also this like, you know, mode where it is a nice and lovely thing. Right, right, right. That can right. then become okay. threatening, where I feel like a giant seahorse face. That's just going to be bad. It's It's got very, um, oh my gosh, do you know um, uh, the the Philly Flyer? Is that his name? Um, no. The, it's the mascot for the Philadelphia baseball team, I think. I am Googling this right now. Um, I think that Philly, I think his name is, Fly, with a PH, I think. Philly... Flyer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for Philadelphia. I gotcha. Uh, it's just giving me the team if I search Philly Flyer images. Philly. Um, oh, it's just giving me Gritty. No, not Gritty. The other guy. The Philly Fanatic. That's his name. Okay, all right, all right. It's this with a PH for that. Yeah, joke. it is, it is. So. Okay, of course. I mean, if anyone has seen Gritty, which you probably have because, you know, he's very famous. Oh, and okay. He's a man of the people. So the right. you, you you can see him. So he's when you see the Philly fanatic, you're like, oh, of course the city created gritty. Mm -hmm. You know, like if this is like what they already had as a mascot, but he's giant right. and green, and then he just has this snout nose. The snout nose is pretty pretty troubling. Yeah, it's a bit like if a megaphone, like an old style cheerleading megaphone, was just green and fluffy. Right. This is the thing: is it's not even like snout usually has some some kind of shape to it, you know, like it looks 
natural in some ways. It has like smooth variations, like with a horse's snout, it's got a bit of a curve to it. This is literally like someone curled up a newspaper and glued it to her face. It's fucked up. I hate it. Oh, <laughs> um, well, I'm glad that I could bring it to you. Thanks. My day is greatly improved. <laughs> I know it is. Mm-hmm. That's just the, the impact that I have on your life. It's true. So I, I think that I would like to imagine Champ with like a horse, a land horse style face. Agreed. Okay. I feel like that that is definitely, yeah, that's the least least upsetting kind of variant. And yeah. you know, horses are great. Horses' faces don't change a thing. Yeah. <laughs> We're pro-horse. Pro-horse. Yeah, they're long and they have nice faces. <laughs> that majestic, beautiful creatures. <laughs> and you can quote me on that. <laughs> oh, brilliant. So Samuel de Champlain. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so here's here's what apparently he did right. He was writing about probably a a gar. Wow, I didn't. A, pike. A gar. Gar pike. I want to say. A, this is gar pike. I wrote. The letters I wrote are G-A-R space P unknown unknown E question mark? <laughs> <laughs> There's possibly a third question mark letter in there. We can't be sure. It's gonna, fine. We've given the people all the information they need. Gar- they can they I, can figure this out from there. Yes, that a, is a got, kind of fish. Nice. Um yeah. Which has a French name, also that I'm not going to attempt. Mm-hmm. We've we learned, learned our, our lesson. lesson. The last episode. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, sorry. That was about us saying the exact same thing at the exact same time. I'm very upset right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so apparently he was like, "Hey, there's lots of fish in this lake," and then you know he said some offensive things about the local native people, mm-hmm. and then said that they have like a name for this fish. Um, that can be uh, as long as eight or ten feet long, and he says he saw some that were five feet long, which were as large as his thigh. The head being as big as two fists with a snout and two feet and Wait. half long. But I don't know Is how he's saying he has a five foot thigh. No, I think like he meant as beefy as his thigh. Oh, okay. But I want to know how beefy is his thigh. I don't know. I. Like, are we talking like rugby player thigh? Like, what's what's a ship captain in this period going to be like? So, I think thick thighs because. So, I'll get to this. So, Monster Quest, spoiler alert, there will be a, a check in. Um, <gasps> Dope. Has a photo of Samuel de Champlain. And what did I. What did I. I wrote. A, did you write, um, he can get it? He can name my lake anytime? No. Oh. I wrote, he looks like a bug fucked a potato. Oh, I wanted him to be handsome. No. No. This is the thing. Years of years of media and stories have told us to expect explorers to be handsome and great. Uh, but he was real lumpy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a bummer. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I had a point about the size of this fish, though, right? So he said that he saw some of these gar fish. Garfish. Garfish. Garpike fish. I for a second my brain went to Garfield fish. <laughs> That'd be cool. Mm-hmm. So some of the native people told him that they could be eight to ten feet long. And so I was wondering, 
like, I mean, obviously Champ is completely real, but what if some of the sightings are people who are just seeing these massive fish, but like don't know how big fish can be, Mm -hmm. you know, because I feel like modern day where many of us, most of us are very separated from food Mm -hmm. and like, you know, how ever so often like Twitter rediscovers how big pigs are. Yeah. And like everyone loses. Oh my God. Yeah. Or like how big a tuna fish is. Right. So like how much of it is just people being like a giant fish. It's a monster when really it's just like a fish. That's the size fisher. Yeah. Yeah. No, I completely think that is it. So one of the good things about Monster Quest is, um, so it's actually the first episode of Monster Quest. Oh, I, I I can't do this now. We need to we need to save all of this for all later. Right. But basically, there's a there's a like a scientist, a fish scientist, who says some interesting stuff. On, on this um, that kind of agrees with what you're saying and we'll get to that later. I'm a genius. You are a genius, it's true. Hell yeah. So after Champlain, nothing happens for like 200 years. But then the 19th century comes around. Right. 1819, Captain Crumb, who I mentioned earlier, sees the monster. Um, mm-hmm. Has like a lot of description. So he's the guy who said the had like a seahorse. Right. Yeah, so he says that the monster was about 187 feet long, very precise for there also to be an a, approximately there, you know? Mm-hmm. I feel like just round up at that point. Yep. Uh, but said it was about 200 yards away, so also very unreasonable to have that accurate of a, of a guess. Mm-hmm. Said it was being followed by two sturgeon and a billfish, so good to know Champ has pals, um, mm-hmm. and that Champ had three teeth, Eyes the color of peeled onions and a belt of red around its neck with a white star on its head. So, very dashing. Yeah, some bold statements No there. wonder he has so many friends. Right. Fashion pioneer. Yeah, I was like, I want to see some more of this from some of the other monsters. Like, you know. Yeah, crank it up. Put a star on your forehead. What are you doing? Yeah, put some effort in. Yeah, the eyes sound very freaky, though. They do. That's a that's a haunting description of eyes. Peeled onions. <laughs> Don't like it. Do not know. Yeah. So then, eighteen eighty three, local sheriff said that he saw Champ, mm-hmm. and said it had round white spots in its mouth. And then other eyewitnesses came forward. And then P. T. Barnum offered a reward for Champ, like a uh, stupid amount of money. Yeah, fifty thousand dollars. Fifty thousand uh-huh. dollars for for the hide of Champ. I want to know, was this in that movie? Because I didn't see the movie. I did not see the movie either. Um, okay. I don't, I don't... So, we should assume that it was. Yeah. But no one... I mean, nothing ever comes of it. He's just like, I want this fucked up hide in my collection so people can be like, whoa, but then no one finds it. Yeah, but then, you know, Hugh Jackman does sing like an entire musical number about how he wants it. Mm-hmm. It's called... I really want the height of the monster spill blood for me, you lawless heathens. Open brackets, scaly horse, close brackets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I remember this being in like the Oscar buzz. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but there are loads of from eighteen. 1800... <laughs> uh... From 1800 on, there are suddenly loads of reports of this, right? And yeah. that's basically because I think by like the the turn of the 19th century, there are uh, this region which has 
previously been like not particularly well inhabited by white people um, mm. suddenly gets, I think, around 150,000 quote quotation marks settlers showing up. Uh, uh huh. And suddenly there are a bunch of people here, and they're like, "Oh my god, monsters!" And so, yeah. Throughout. Oh, so another one before we get to the 70s because there's some good stuff. There was one thing I was reading that said in 1873. The New York Times had a story that said that a railway crew had seen an enormous serpent in Lake Champlain with bright silvery scales. And then this article that I was reading, which was um, like the Lake Champlain region website, just like has this and then says both the men and the monster parted ways at that point. But it does not say what point, which leads me to ask the question, were they lovers? Probably. All of the railway men and champ. I think so. Did they form a a polycule? That's the only explanation I can think of. And then after an emotionally fulfilling relationship, they decided to part ways on... They were like, we've all become enriched as a consequence of this experience, and now we are going to move on with our lives. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And like treasure each other while still appreciating that our time in this polycool is finished. That's that's the only explanation I can think of, really. Yeah. Nothing else makes sense. No, it, it absolutely doesn't. Why why would anything else be the truth? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Also, so actually, then reading about this did cause me to look up if there was any champ fan fiction. <sighs> I'm sorry to say that there wasn't any. None? Well, the only one I could find was a supernatural fanfic that like Champ was in, but I wasn't going to read a supernatural fanfic. I, I mean, we all have our limits. We do. Of- <laughs> all of us draw the line at supernatural. That one's... <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, you, you can't make me read supernatural fan- I'll do a lot for this podcast, but I won't do that. So... Mm-hmm. Love that song. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I did actually tweet out asking for people to send cryptid fanfic, and we only got one in, but you had to pay for it. And I, why would I pay for fanfiction when there's plenty of free spot online, you know? I mean, support artists. Um, artists need to pay rent. Pay your artists. <laughs> uh, like, I, I hear you. But, you know, I, I donate to, to AO3, so I feel like I'm doing my bit. Okay, but, but do, the, do the authors get any I mean, you make a, fair, you make a fair point, but also uh, uh, I'm not going to pay for the, this fanfic. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there we go. You've shown your true colors. What was it called? I think I looked at the title and was like, mm, I don't know if I want to spend money on that. It was called. Do do do. Sorry, everybody. You have to wait. Oh, it's it's an Amazon published thing called "A Mate for the Mothman." Brackets paranormal erotica, monster sex, alien sex. Close bracket colon an intimate encounter with strange beings. Commissioned by Bezos. <laughs> it brackets Shirley Rosebridge's Raunchy Romps, book one. <laughs> book one? Yeah. 
the first in a long-standing series. Yeah. Are there more in this uh in this series? I don't know. You tell me. I, I well, I'm looking right now. Ooh, okay. Well, apparently this author has written much other erotica and one of them a bunch of them are in a series called Catherine's Foot Follies. Oh no. So I don't think that I want to read these. Eject. Yep. Uh, Abort. Also, the sequel to A Mate for Mothman is called Mounted by the Mothman and the Men in Black. So. Oh, Jesus H. Christ. <laughs> so anyway, you can support the artists. I will support artists, not this artist. Okay, yep, exactly. That, that's my vibe. Mm-hmm. Wow. Also, if anybody does have any links to other, you know, cryptid fanfic, please send it to me. Yep. Send it to Lois. <laughs> um, so I can force Jeremy to know about it. Mm-hmm. <sighs> um, can we talk about the Sandra Mancy photo? Yes. Okay. So this photo is from 1977. Mm-hmm. It's a picture of Champ. And doesn't doesn't uh, surface until 1980 though, right? Yeah, yeah, it doesn't. Because you know, film takes a while to develop. You go on holiday, mm-hmm. you just forget to develop your film. You get busy when you get back. You have to do your laundry. You know, you, you got to go back to work. No, in this case, I mean, it's developed, and she's like got it hidden in a. Do you know this part? No, I don't know this part. Ah, ah, okay. So so she takes this picture in 1977, right? And I don't know, do you want to summarize the taking of the picture, the story behind that? You can you can do it. Go for it. Okay. All right. So she's out with her family, kids, husband, I think husband. Um they're like hanging out on the beach and then suddenly she sees this monster out in the water like poking its head up and she's like, "Holy shit, monster." Um and they're like ready to get the fuck out of there. But she has this instant camera, so she turns around and she snaps a picture of this monster before they run away. And this uh, this experience kind of fucks her up a little bit. Like she talks about like having nightmares afterwards and like not being able to get it out of her head. She gets this photo developed, but because it's kind of fucked her up, she doesn't do anything with it. She doesn't tell anyone because she's like, "This is a ridiculous story." She has this picture and she just lets it sit in a drawer for like three years uh, and doesn't tell anybody about it. Um, but then, after some time passes, there was this guy called Joseph Zazinski, who was a lecturer uh, in the area, who was very interested in Champ, and is kind of very much into exploring the uh, kind of search for Champ. And he founds this thing called the Lake Champlain Phenomena Investigation, which is all about looking for the, the monster. And so his deal is all about like gathering evidence and like investigating the monster. And he, I think, believes it is real and is like described as being this kind of very kind of gregarious, high energy person who like really invigorates and becomes the kind of nucleus for the search for Jump. Anyway, he comes across Sandra Mansi. I don't know if the books go into exactly how they meet, but basically he manages to get hold of the the photograph from from her. And he he kind of basically points to this photograph as being like the piece of evidence mm. that like the entire investigation hinges on. He's like, you know, a lot of people have given all of these kind of uh, outlandish accounts, but this is like a photo and it's like a pretty clear one. Yeah. It, 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 by, uh, 
the standard of most cryptid photographs is like pretty compelling and that it seems to fairly clearly depict what looks like a Nessie type monster. And at this point, because a few years have passed, the negative doesn't exist anymore. And so there's some kind of skepticism about whether this is a real photograph. And Zarzinski kind of takes the ball and runs with it on this picture. He gets um, some uh, some other academics he knows to take a look at the photograph. I think he, let me, let me check my notes here, actually. To, here we go. He gets a professor of optical sciences to look at this photograph and look for evidence of doctoring. And this, this professor, um, B. Roy Frieden from the University mm. of Arizona, takes a look at, uh, at this photo and says he can't find any evidence of like superimposition or anything. Obviously, this is before Photoshop back in the days. Yeah. Um, he can't see any evidence that it's fake. And so Zazinski kind of becomes the, he, he is big into investigating this mystery and searching for Champrate and kind of drives a lot of the investigation into it over the years to come, basically. So one thing that, uh, that Lauren Coleman references in his book, Mysterious America, he, he puts together this, uh, this seminar that happens in 1981, 29th August, 1981, in Shelburne, Vermont. There is this seminar called Does Champ Exist, which is like a full day thing. Ooh. Do you hear about this? No, but it sounds super fun. This is the thing. I, uh, like Of all the things we've heard about, this is, this is like the one thing where I was like, I wish I could be in this room. <laughs> I could time travel back to 1981. I want to see this day-long seminar on Champ. But, uh, but the morning of the seminar is Zazinski giving a, like, a long presentation on the evidence for the monster, which mm-hmm. kind of goes into a lot of the background and talks about it and shows Sandra Mansi's photograph. So he presents that, he gives this lecture, and then Sandra Mansi, who is apparently, by all accounts, very like nervous and you know a little on edge, but she, she like, gets up and gives an account of her experience and the photo that she took. And then in the afternoon, they have two uh, competing kind of champ hunters giving their theories on the monster's origins. So one of them is Roy McCall, who I think we've mentioned on this show before. He's obsessed with lake monsters. Yeah, I feel like his name's come up before. Yeah, I think it was in possibly in the... Uh, Michaela Mbembe? Was it that one? Yeah, I, th- I think it was the Michaela Mbembe episode. He's big into Nessie research. Yeah. And the champ stuff is is kind of an extension of that. Um, the one thing that that gives me a little bit of pause on the subject of the, the guy who investigates this photograph and finds it not to be doctored is that he's a colleague of Greenwell, who is a contemporary and a colleague of this optics professor at the University of Arizona. He's the guy who has this other theory on the, the origins of champ. These two people, you know, they're they there are two very different camps on on like what is champ, mm-hmm. uh, but both of them are basically the same. Both of them are like it's a dinosaur. They just can't agree on what specific type of extinct dinosaur it is. Oh, yeah. So Greenwell is um, convinced that champ is a pleosaur, which is like a, a um, reptilian dinosaur. Mm-hmm. creature he thinks these these reptilian dinosaurs were basically like trapped in lakes 
at the end of the Ice Age okay. when the lake was, you know, originally the, this lake, Lake Champlain was connected to the ocean, right? Yeah. And then something like 10,000 years ago, it was cut off and became a freshwater lake. And basically his theory is that Champ is, you know, a pleosaur left over in this lake when that happened. Okay. On the other side, there's Macal, who thinks that uh, Champ is a Zeulodon, which is basically an ancient whale. Okay. And his thought is, okay, the Champ is an ancient whale and thinks that there are still waterways that lead to the ocean. And so the Zeulodons still have access to the ocean and can travel in and out of the lake from the ocean still now. Secret whale tunnels? Secret whale tunnels. Love it. Mm-hmm. Big fan. I, I got to say, in, uh, in Mysterious America, the last paragraph that Lauren Coleman writes on, on the Champ chapter is maybe my favorite paragraph from anything ever. Okay, okay, hit me with it. Uh, it's, it's, it's real good. <clears throat> this is going to be a dramatic reading. Mm. Um, Hold on, let me get ready. Okay, I'm ready. As I left the first scientific seminar on the Lake Champlain monster and headed back down the road again, I turned on the radio to find the song Puff the Magic Dragon by Peter, Paul, and Mary playing. In the past, such conferences would have left me feeling as if my time had been wasted on examining something as elusive as a puff of smoke. But after Zarzinski's pioneering work and Manzi's photograph, Lake Champlain monster appears to be an actual creature frolicking in the autumn mist. I love that paragraph, several reasons. One, the idea that Puff the Magic Dragon was ever casually playing on the radio. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but also, like, frolicking in the autumn mist. Right, and if that doesn't sum up Champ in a few words, I don't yeah. know what does. Yeah. So it's really interesting, because I didn't know about this conference in 1981, mm-hmm. but that sort of clears up some other stuff, because... Did you see? So both Vermont and New York State passed resolutions protecting Champ. Right. Yes. Right. And Vermont passed theirs in '81, and uh, New York passed theirs in '82. Yeah. No, sorry. 80, I said that's wrong. Vermont was '82, and New York was '83. Mm-hmm. So Vermont's um, Protect Champ from, quote, any willful acts resulting in death, injury, or harassment. Right. And then New York's protects against death, injury, harassment, and encourages reporting of sightings. Right. And, yeah, so when I was reading this and I was just sort of like, like, how much nothing was happening in the northern part, the northeastern United States, that they were, like, having a competition over, like, passing protections of champ like the fact that vermont was like we protect champ and new york was like well we protect champ and we want people to report it like that's some like parks and rec type you know pawnee versus eagleton shit um (laughs) but then like knowing that they had added this conference like the year before it makes slightly more sense why it was like happening then yeah i i don't know if it i don't know that Oh, to my knowledge, there wasn't any kind of rivalry going on there between Vermont and New York. I think the the fact. I mean, that, it is in their hearts. I mean, it is in their hearts. That's true. We this we cannot escape from. But <laughs> but I yeah, I think the the passing of these these kind of motions in Vermont and New York is a consequence of all this stuff that's going on around 
you know, Zarzinski is the guy who is seems to be like the driving force behind this. And I think yeah. this kind of group of people are the ones who are pushing for protection of the lake monsters. Because they're convinced it's real. And they this is the thing, right? Is is it's kind of a little bit different from uh most monster hunting. Mm-hmm. Right, because because this is the thing you see a lot, right? Is the people who can't just let the fun folk tale be and are like desperate to actually go out and find the thing. I feel like usually that has kind of a hunty vibe to it, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, let's go out and find this thing, and I don't know, question mark, <laughs> violence implied. Yeah. Whereas in this case, it is very much like let's find this thing and also protect it because it's not it's not out here killing goats, right? It's literally just hanging out and people have seen it and yeah. people are often freaked out by seeing it but it's never like rah 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 i'm gonna eat your face yeah just chilling you know just chilling right and so i think people in this case the, this group of people who are getting together to find it are like we think this exists and it should be protected it's a good vibe it is a good vibe so that's the mancy photo if you're listening you should just look up mancy photo it comes up right away it is like of all of the photos that we have witnessed during this podcast, I feel like it's the most compelling one. Yeah, it is. Um, it is it, it, in the sense that it is like a picture of a thing, and you can look at the thing and be like, "There is the thing." Yeah, yeah. One of the the things that people argue against it is that loads a lot of um, the lake is really shallow and would have been fairly shallow at that point. Um, mm. So, like, so the Lake Champlain is. Um, is like only 12 to 14 feet deep up to 150 yards from the shore. Right. But the lake is as deep as 400 feet in the middle. Yeah. And and there are deep trenches in the lake too. Yes. Did you read about, about, okay, I'm going to mispronounce this word. Seish? The Seish? I don't think so. Okay. So this is, I was reading, what website was this? It's just one of the like, Champlain monster things. So this is a, I don't know, geologic. It's like a natural occurring thing, but it's spelled S E I C H E. So I'm gonna say Seish. Okay. Loch Ness has one as well, but it's happens uh, in enclosed bodies of water in areas that get severe winters. So when there's a change in the temperature in spring and autumn. It affects the shallow parts of the lake because uh, it's you know really really shallow on the edges, um, but not really as much in the middle. But then it causes the uh, the water on the shallow ends to move more, and it creates these really really deep channels. Right. So it causes the deep water to slosh back and forth between the lake's boundaries, hmm. and so at the surface the seish might just be like a ripple, whereas below surface it can be about 30 feet high Wow! or more. And so there's a couple things I read about that was talking about this, saying that some of the stuff that's being seen might be things that have been dislodged from the bottom of the lake mm-hmm. by this giant wave, so that you're seeing these like weird big logs and stuff that have been like pulled up. Right. Someone in Monster Quest suggests exactly the same thing, right? There's like a big log that suddenly gets launched up. I don't think they use that word specifically, but yeah, yeah. I, I have heard that suggested too. Yeah, but I also am super into the idea of like secret giant waves. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. It's very cool. Yes. Can I run through a list of possible tributes that I found? Please. Are you ready? I am ready. Okay, okay. So, head, flat or round-headed, horned or moose-like antlers, elephant ears, mane, either tan or red, jaws like an alligator. Body, one to four humps, up to five arching coils, fins, snake-like body, skin type, scaly or smooth, color, either drab or shiny, black, dark head, white body, gray, black and gray, brown, moss green, reddish bronze, dark brownish olive, eyes, dinner plate eyes, or glowing eyes. And there have been comparisons to snakes, large Newfoundland dogs, yachts, horses, manatees, periscopes, lizards, and whales. There's a lot going on there. Yes. And also, I'd like, I was reading this and the list that went from large Newfoundland dog to yacht. I'd like to propose an idea to you. Yacht dog, dog yacht. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you went with dog yacht and I went with yacht dog. <laughs> are they different? Yes. I think they are. I feel like a I yacht think... dog is a dog that hangs out on a yacht. Whereas Oh, I was gonna go the other way. I was gonna say <laughs> yacht dog is a dog is like a large yacht like dog. Whereas a dog yacht is just a yacht full of dogs. Well, do so. I they're having a fancy party. They're sipping champagne and watching the fireworks. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so a dog yacht is yeah is a yacht of dogs, but a yacht right. dog is just a dog on a yacht. No, a yacht dog is a giant dog. Oh, okay. That could be mistaken for a yacht, right? I see that. Okay, okay. I yeah. It's a it's a big dog, shape of a yacht. Yep. Size of a yacht. <laughs> like Clifford the it's big red dog, but a yacht. Clifford the big red yacht. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Um, yeah, that sure is a, a long list of things there. That it could be any of them combination. Or all of them. Or at the same I was time. Say, you said eyes, dinner plate, or glowing. Yes. I mean, could well be glowing dinner plate eyes. Yes. I mean, however, the skin type being scaly and smooth is like... Yeah, okay, that's that can't happen. A bit yeah. harder. Um, yeah. Also, this article had the one of my favorite theories for what something could be. Which is that it could be a bunch of otters playing follow the leader. Mm -hmm. That's a very cute image. But also it's like one that we hadn't heard before. It is a new cute image. Yeah. I'm picturing this and having a good time. <laughs> Just apparently this is a thing that otters like to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and a thing that I like to imagine <laughs> otters doing. If you're listening at home... Why don't you just picture some otters playing follow the leader? Just imagine it. Just like a bunch of them, they like jump out of the water a little bit and then they go down deep and then they like come out again and mm -hmm. they're just like all in a line, mm -hmm. just going up and down. They're having a great day. Guaranteed to brighten your day. Yeah. And they're going to go find some rocks later. <laughs> you can't see this, but Jeremy's just sort of smiling and nodding to himself, looking... Real good. You know, he's just having a nice time. <laughs> that was nice. <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed that. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
It's good to take a moment every once in a while. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, so I have a question. Yes. Is it time to check in with Monster Quest? I think almost. I feel like there are. Oh, okay. There are a couple more things. Um, very quickly. Okay, hit me. So, firstly, I didn't do a lot of research on this, but I know that we mentioned Zarzinski. He's not. You know, this was back in the seventies and eighties, so he's not yeah. like big into this anymore. Mm-hmm. I think he's still alive. Um, uh, at least at the writing of the books I was reading, he was. But champ work as of the 90s was done by a guy called Dennis J. Hall, who is the director of this nonprofit organization called Champ Quest. Ooh. Um, that I have not, I did not, I ran out of time to do some digging on Champ Quest, but at least, I don't know if this is current still, but this is like where the, where the research and the discussion happens these days is Champ Quest. Um, Another thing the book mentions is uh, a couple of a couple of theories. Firstly, Marjorie L. Porter in Vermont Life magazine asks, "How does Champ survive when the lake gets locked solid in ice <gasps> in the winter?" Secret whale tunnels. Secret whale tunnels is what I was and, thinking. Or yeah, or, and then like holidays somewhere warm, right? And or just has like a nice little underwater house where he can make coffee. Mm-hmm. That's. That actually is what I was thinking. Underwater house, yeah, uh, was 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 my my solution, right? Like a little heated area, yeah. You know, just to chill out in over the winter to nest. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing Coleman suggests is uh, is some people have said that Champ, like other lake monsters, has sometimes been described as having whiskers, which I feel like I never read anywhere. Mm. But there you go. No, I didn't um, read that anywhere. Either. And so there's a there's a chapter where he's just like maybe all these lake Creatures are just big catfish. Well, I, I was thinking, is, is he talking whiskers like catfish? Mm-hmm. Just like... Yep. Hmm. That's all there is to that. Yep. Hmm. Don't like that. Nope. Don't accept either. it. I just thought I'd mention it. I think that's all the kind of misc detritus from my notes. Uh, if we want to mm-hmm. check in with Monster Quest. Yeah, I think we do. It's time. So... I want to you to I want to paint a picture in your head of me. Okay, okay, let me close my eyes. Okay, ready. I'm on, I'm sitting at my laptop. I'm in a in the yep. control room of a particle accelerator lab mm-hmm. because uh, I'm on the night shift mm-hmm. or the evening shift. It's like I don't know, 10 p.m. Uh, and you know, everything is. I'm I'm like imagining this like deep underground. No windows. Uh, no, there's a ton of windows. It's on on the surface. It's oh. on the ground floor of the high rise. In the middle of the prairie. Okay, 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 yeah, I see it now. We do have underground shit, but that's not where the control room is. You know, things are stable, things are going well, like, mm-hmm. monitoring all this stuff is not a full-time job, you just gotta, like, keep an eye on the screens and make sure nothing is flashing red, basically. So, I'm I'm checking up with Monster Quest, I, I go to YouTube, which is where I usually first look for Monster Quest. This is the pilot, it's the yeah. first episode, first ever episode of Monster Quest is yeah. uh, Champ. America's Loch Ness is what it's called. And, uh, and so I pull up this uh, YouTube video, and the first thing that I find is it starts with some synths, and they are incredible. And every time I bring up a Monster Quest, I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to you know, walk through this. There's going to be some good, funny material in here. But usually Monster Quest is, to watch the whole hour, is a bit of a slog. Mm-hmm. 
But this thing is opening up with like this incredible synth soundtrack. And I'm like, this is amazing. What is this? Whoa. This is great. And it's got this like retro vibe to it. I'm loving it. And then the the opening credits finish, and out walks Leonard Nimoy. What? And he's like, hello, I'm Leonard Nimoy. What? Right. And then he starts talking about Loch Ness. And I'm like, something is going on here. Um, yeah. So I pause the video and I do some quick Googling. I realize this is not Monster Quest, oh. even though the YouTube description is Monster Quest Season 1, Episode 1, yeah. America's Loch Ness Monster, which is exactly the episode that I want to be watching. Yeah. This YouTube video, which is an hour long, is just not that. It's something else. Yeah. So, so my notes are... Monster Quest, let me just read from the page. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the pilot, the first episode. Starts with Loch Ness Monster. Some really fucking good synths going on there. And then all in all caps, oh my god, the opening titles are unironically so good. What the fuck? Hosted by Leonard Nimoy. Ah. And then at this point, I realize it's not Monster Quest. It's a show that aired in the 70s and 80s called In Search Of, which was a show that was hosted by Leonard Nimoy back then. And it's not all cryptids. Some of it is cryptids, but mostly it's in search of, you know, it's it's like sci-fi and and conspiracy I theories and stuff. Want to watch this show? Uh-huh. <laughs> right. So so I, I write down, I literally write the words, I am so mad. Because <laughs> I, like, this show looks so good, but it's on Loch Ness. So I'm like, okay, if we ever do Loch Ness Monster, I'll circle back around to this. But, um... But yeah, everything about the show is so good. And uh, and so I stop this video and I go find the actual Monster Quest episode on Daily Motion. And then as I'm watching the first few few minutes of this Monster Quest episode, I'm like having a full-on meltdown where I'm like, that show from the 70s and 80s was so good and Monster Quest is just not that. And then there's a point after I've been watching for a couple of minutes for my notes, I write in my notes, I'm having an existential crisis. The 21st century was a mistake. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm just like, God, this episode from like, at this point, like 50 years ago, is so good. And like, why, why, why did we do the 2000s? I wish I knew. Why didn't we just keep jazzy synths and everything forever? Part of me, I don't know. I guess if you're listening to this episode, maybe you'll you'll find out if this happened. But uh, part of me is a little bit tempted to take the in search of music and use it as our theme instead of the one I recorded because it's so good. <laughs> um, um, we'll send it to me. We'll have we'll have a meeting off air about it. Uh huh. Well, we'll have a you know a business meeting where we discuss this. I'm assuming that no one will sue us. What are you going to do, Leonard Nimoy? Come at me. <laughs> uh, maybe we can just put a little little bit right here, you know? Yeah, we'll see. If we didn't, if we didn't put it in the titles, we'll edit some in now so you can hear what it sounds like. But it's so good. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> I'm I'm mad about it. Anyway, so I have this like incredible few minutes, and then my all of my like amazing dreams are destroyed, and then after that. I have to watch an episode of Monster Quest. Um, so they, I don't know, I feel like the a, a lot of this stuff they cover is stuff we've already talked about. Like they they cover Samuel de Champlain. Already said my uh, description of what he looks like, so yeah. I won't go over that again. They have some. They start with some quotes from eyewitnesses. Um, 
One guy says uh, it had the girth of a pony. What? How big of a pony? Uh, no elaboration. Okay. It's huh. just a soundbite where he he talks about it having the girth of a pony. Hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, another one says it was a crocodile shaped like a seal. Ooh, I love. Very confused by that. Uh huh. Not I'm a lot of detail it. on what that means. Yeah, it. My brain is like cycling through everything that it could mean, and it's like right. you know, um, uh, those like things that they would have at, at like playgrounds or whatever, where you could like have yeah, like, you different turn the parts. thing. And yeah, have you turn the thing, combos. and then you have like a different right. head and a different t- like that's what my head is doing. <laughs> right. Right. Oh, so poetic. Yeah, it is. A crocodile shaped like a seal. That can mean anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then another guy was like, yeah, it was like six to eight feet long. And in my head, I'm like, that's not big. No. Six to eight feet long for a, for a lake creature, that's no good. That's just like you swimming in a lake. Right. It's true. <laughs> I am six to eight feet long. Uh, and I do look like a, a monster. <laughs> that wasn't what I was going for. You know it. Mm-hmm. You take back that self insult. No, no, I was. That was a self compliment. I'm okay. picking myself up here. Yeah, but also I feel like if you're like diving, you know, like hands above your head, easily that long. Yep. Right. All right. The, so the show is like, yeah. It when the show describes it, it's like it's six to twenty-five feet long, and I'm like, that's a that's a big window. Yeah. That that's a very large window. Six. Six to twenty-five feet is that's you need to give me more to work with there. Yeah. Um and yeah, just like kind of a snaky head. Hmm. Kind of snake snake head situation. I don't like that as well um, as the horse head. No, horse head is better. Yeah. For sure. So the the show mentions the Charlotte Whale fossil, which Oh has, yes. Might, I did see this. You can you continue with the Charlotte Whale fossil. I mean it's just it's a fossil of a whale from Charlotte. Charlotte Vermont. That's basically it. But it's basically the that's the evidence. But it's old as hell. It's old as hell, right? So that's that's the evidence that once there was salt water around that that's kind of zone. And so way back in the day, that's how people knew that uh that was like the the first evidence that that salt water dwelling creatures would be over there. Yeah. And it's like eight to eleven thousand years old. Eleven thousand years old. It was the skeleton. Yeah. Yes. Right. I would just also like to say I found that when um uh there was this whole thing about like echolocation like evidence and I tried to look up the mm-hmm. academic paper that talked about the echolocation evidence but I could only read the abstract because it was behind a paywall and the only two facts that I got was that Lake Champlain has the oldest middle Ordivian question mark reef bed in the world containing curl and then there was the skeleton and that's all the fun facts from the from the abstract. Mm-hmm. So anyway, academic paywalls should be abolished. Yeah, agreed. Okay, but anyway. Anyway, the show, you know, in, a, in addition to talking to a bunch of interesting people, usually Monster Quest has like a person who is just looking for this creature. Yeah. You know, in defiance of all evidence and reason. Mm-hmm. And uh, the person who fills the shoes in this episode is a guy called Scott Mardis. He's like a champ researcher, right? Everyone okay. else has a has like a title and a real job. But uh, but Scott Mattis is just a champ researcher. I think he might secretly just be George R. R. Martin. Okay. That's like the vibe. I he's can like got. really visualize him in my head. Yep. Mm-hmm. He's got the beard, the glasses, the hair, mm-hmm. the whole shebang. Is this uh, why George R. R. Martin takes so long to write books? I think so. Yeah, he's <laughs> taking a break from killing off beloved characters to 
to try and find this this monster. This yeah. is what he does in his free time. Um, so then on the other side, there's Alan Marsden. So I mentioned the scientist earlier from the show. She's yeah. a, a kind of fisheries biologist at the University of Vermont. Um, and her deal is, you know, she's she's doing like scientific research into into the aquatic life in this uh, in this whole lake situation. And she's like, yeah, sure, there could be big fish in this lake. Like that's a thing that happens. <laughs> um, yeah. She's like, yeah, like fish. That's my job. And like, yeah, uh, Scott Mardis, unconvinced. You know, she's like, yeah, big fish in the lake. It's a lake with fish. And he's like, no, monster. They cover the pleosaur theory here. Um, and then they have just like the most wooden acting recreation of the Sandra Mansi account. Fantastic. Where it's just like very briefly some people being like, like standing there and being like, there's a monster. Um, and then that's it. Um, <laughs> Alan Marston is like, like they, they ask this scientist, they're like, so do you think there's a Lake Champlain monster? And she's like, is there stuff in this lake we don't know about? Hell yeah, there's loads. Like, we don't know all about fish. Like, there's definitely a ton of stuff in there that we haven't documented. And uh, and yeah, that's why we're here, is to find out about all that stuff. But like, are there dinosaurs? No. <laughs> there are no dinosaurs in this lake. Like, she, she makes the point, like, you know, if, if there was a... In order for, for there to be, like, a surviving population you would need minimum 50 or 60 just for, like, genetic diversity. Yeah. If there were that many creatures of that size, we would see a major impact on, like, the food web of the ecosystem mm-hmm. of the lake. And we don't see that, so, like, no. Um, nevertheless, George R. R. Martin is convinced that there is a monster out there. And so, you know, the, the standard Monster Quest section of this where uh, they get together a, a ragtag team to, to search for stuff is this guy and then a, a couple of uh, couple of videographers from Monster Quest. Um, one of them is J. Cole. It's not the rapper, but I think it's more fun if you imagine that it is. Um, Especially since I'm imagining George R. R. Martin. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're assembling our we're assembling our like dream team here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then a, another guy called Jared Christie, um, who just looks like uh, Will Arnett got left in the sun too long. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, like, like, so, so it's, so it's Will Arnett. You cool? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, uh huh. Right. So I, I think we've got a, a good stable cast of characters here. And I'm, I'm really just not having assembled this, this dream team. I'm not going to dwell on it at all. They just fuck around on a boat for a while. No. They try to film this thing. They don't see it. And that's the whole episode in terms of them. There's like, they, they get a bunch of submersible video cameras and put them out there for five days. And I literally, because of when this is filmed, they literally like hook it up to a VCR recording videotapes. Uh, and they don't say anything. Of course they don't. That's it. Yeah. That's the end. <laughs> nothing comes of it. There's not even any fun adventures. They just uh. fuck around for a while and, and find nothing. Um, they interview a, a boat captain who is like drives a ferry across the lake. His name is BJ Bombard. Amazing. Love him. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh, and he's like, you know, one day I was driving the ferry and I almost drove into a, I was like, I saw a monster and I was like, there's a monster. Uh, and that's the end of his story. Really, the main headline there is his name. <laughs> yeah. Um, they talked to Elizabeth von Mugenthaler. She's the one who um, did the the paper in the Journal of the Acoustical Society of America. Uh-huh. She's the one who does the echolocation. Yeah. Uh, to look for animals. Yeah. So they... um. 
they they look around and they see some some evidence they think of champ but well the, the that evidence is, is that conclusive. they find uh, they find evidence that there is something using echolocation and then none of the known fish species in the lake do right. that and right, they're right. like that's friggin weird mhm yeah yeah but that's as far as that goes they don't i don't think they ever or at least as of the filming of this show have not like got any they don't get any further than that with the echolocation stuff um, someone suggests that the three lumps in the lake could just be the wake of a ship traveling a long distance, which I don't know if I'd believe. Hmm. It um, could be these secret like underground waves. Yeah, it could be secret underground waves. Yeah. Uh, what else? I don't know. Oh, yeah. The the Team Mardis, our dream team, they get a flashing lure to try to get Champ to bite, and it doesn't. I feel like that would go against the you're not allowed to harm Champ rule. I guess if you're just trying to attract it, then maybe that's fine. But yeah, I don't know. There's a, a team who are surveying the topography of the lake using uh, sonar, I think. Yeah. Basically, they're, they're not champ searchers. They're, they're trying to map out the topography of the lake and look for historical objects like shipwrecks. So there are some cool moments where they like show, they find a shipwreck and they have this amazing 3D render of it because they have like charted out like you can see all the details of the ship so it's really precise um they don't find champ um they do find some deep trenches in the lake um which you know the show kind of ends by proposing that maybe champ lives in these deep trenches they say that the position of one of these trenches is consistent with the like uh location where morgan thaler finds the uh, echolocation signals mm. um so that is like the most convincing theory presented by the show. But as usual, it's kind of scattershot. It doesn't at any point attempt to like build the, a cohesive story of what they think is going on. They just present you with a, a bunch of like disparate threads. And they're yeah. like, here you go. Here are like 20 completely unconnected ideas. The end. But that's basically it from Monster Quest, I think. Well... You know, it sounds like it was a time, that Monster Quest episode. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think my big takeaway is, you know, you, you mentioned the guy who said that it had a girth of a pony. Yep. And I feel like we've we've had a lot of horse imagery come up with Champ. So mm-hmm. I'd like to propose maybe Champ's just a horse. Hmm. Who lives underwater? Second theory. <laughs> wait, wait, no, we can't. Rewind. Um, I don't know. I what, agree. That champ is a horse I underwater. Think, yes. Oh no, no, but I'm about to. I'm about to take it to a whole another level, which oh, okay. is continue that there's a secret underground headquarters for four horses mm-hmm. underneath the lake. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes they come up to the surface and mm-hmm. you see them. But the reason we don't see like evidence of champ is because they're in like this secret underground bunker that they use for planning international horse things. Um, mm-hmm. Possibly because they're at war with the owls. Who That's can what say? I was thinking. Well, <laughs> I, uh, hmm. I, are they at war with the owls or are they like 
Or do you, know, you think that they're uh, just like uh, um, different factions, you know? Well, no, I was going to say that I think maybe that owls, pun absolutely intended, are in cahoots <laughs> with the horses. Yeah. Uh, that they are, you know, they have a, a um, their allies. I mean, I think that I'm open to finding out more about the owl-horse relationship. But so I do think I, maybe I, there's something happening with the horses on Lake Champlain. I think something's happening with the horses. So the the owls and the the horses, I think, you know, the owls are at war with the aliens, right? This much we know. Yeah, we do know that. So the owls are going to need some kind of uh, kind of global early warning system okay. to scan for aliens. Yeah. Um, and so the horses are in charge of this kind of listening post, which mm. is designed to scan the skies for the approach of aliens. Yeah. has to be deep underwater for technological reasons. Yes. Um, maybe the lake acts as a giant antenna for the uh, alien scanning Plus, system. it crosses international boundaries. Crosses international boundaries, right? This is a this is a kind of a North American alliance of horses. Yeah. Also, I think that horses have like a an even broader, more international network than owls do. You know. True. Yeah. So I in think just so. in terms of like uh, like line of defense for the defense of Earth, mm-hmm. you know, horses can really like man the line. Horses have have a kind of a majestic international kinship. Yes. Whereas yeah. owls are owls are more suspicious. Yeah. And also I think that the fact that, you know, horses are just in more parts of the world means that they can sort of slip under the radar of human notice more easily. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because there are yeah. definitely parts of the world where if you were like, there's an owl here that's pretty fucked up. Even in places of the you world would... where there are owls, if an owl like showed up, you'd be like, Oh shit, there's an owl. Whereas yeah. horses are yeah, just like a fact like... of life. Yes. I walk down the yeah. street, I see a horse, I'm like, there's a horse, I keep walking. <laughs> yeah, what the horse is up to is not your business. Right. Yeah. The horse is standing by some kind of junction box, that's fine, that's just what horses do. I'm not going to assume the horse is there to tap into that junction box so it can access global <laughs> military satellite defense networks. Why would you assume that? Horses would never do something like that. Right. It's just a horse doing horsey things. <laughs> just horsing around. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, I think we've cracked it. I think we've cracked it. That's it. We've we've figured yeah. out how how this factors into the narrative. Yeah, um, yeah, we have. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There we go. Um, I mean, do we have anything else that we need to do? We need to talk about. I think. Well, we need to figure out where we think uh, Champ lives on the on the classification scale. Oh, we do. Also, we didn't mention that the Vermont minor league baseball team is known as the Vermont Lake Monsters and Champ is their mascot. That's a really part of a decision thing. I just thought it was a fun fact that we hadn't mentioned. I didn't know that. I'm glad you said it. Yeah. Uh, It's very charming, I feel. It is. And it's a much nicer mascot to look at than the Philadelphia Fanatic. Yeah. Take that away from me. I don't want to see it. (laughs) Um, Okay, yeah. Classification scale. Mm Mm-hmm. So um, I feel like, as usual, we need to figure out what champ is before we can classify it. If it is horses, yeah, then it's not a cryptid. It's just horses. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, yeah, that's not even on the scale. Um, so Wait, let's, well, okay, let's, let, let's go with everybody else's theory that it's not horses. So uh-huh. even though we know the truth, we'll just like 
you know, classify it for everybody else. Right, right, right. So if we're, I, I feel like the, of all the theories that are out there, the one that is most commonly accepted is like the Greenwell slash, um, uh, what's his name, McCall theory. Yeah. Both of them, they don't but, agree with each other, but they both think it's a dinosaur. Yeah. So if it is a so dinosaur, it's going to be number four, right? Yeah, which is um, th- creatures that are thought to be extinct. Yeah, so like survival. Right. Uh, no, yeah. lingalings are five. Um, oh. So, so four is survivals of species known only from the fossil record into modern times. Mm. So, something like the yes. Macaulay and Bembe of Central Africa, sometimes described as a living dinosaur, which is distinct from yeah. number five, which is lingalings, which is survivals of species known from the fossil record much later into historical times than currently thought. Um, yes. Yeah. So, well, so yeah, because lingalings uh, are still are yeah 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 are things that don't exist now, but thought were to exist longer than we previously thought they did. Yes. So right. yeah yeah, it would be number four. Right. Um, so yeah, I think that's where we stand with uh, with champ number four, unless it's horses. Yeah. In which case, not horses. a cryptid, just horses. <laughs> yeah. Shall we wrap up and then get to the most important question? We shall wrap up and then get to the most important question. Um, um, oh, so I did want to say that this episode was suggested by my lovely and incredible brother, uh, Robert, who lived by Lake Champlain. Um, and that next month, we're going to be talking about the Fresno Nightcrawlers. That's kind of my spooky noise that I just made. Love it. It's very fitting for the Fresno Nightcrawlers. Before um, we do wrap up, or the first part of wrap up, uh, so I yeah. put out a call on social media just before we started recording, asking for questions. Yeah. We Did have, we get some? We got three questions. Uh, Hell yeah. Or I should say we ha- got five questions. If we count every question from Ben, there's a separate question. <sighs> ben. Thanks, Ben. Uh, first question ben, from... I appreciate the... Ben asks questions if they don't have to listen to this first. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, Ben, if you just want to edit whichever question of your yours uh, <laughs> you think is most interesting, that would be great. Thank you. Um, yeah. Goofy Man Go, friend of the show, uh, asks, is Champ a little friend? Um, uh, Champ's a big friend. Uh, yeah, big friend. Friend, yes. Little, no. Yes, definitely friend, though. Great. That's done. Take it off. Take it to okay. the bank. Ben's first question, who is Champ? We've answered that already. Our friend. Uh, our friend. Uh, we yeah. spent a long time, a very long time, talking about who Champ is. This is going to be a long yeah. episode, Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah. <laughs> does Champ dance? When the mood takes Champ. Yep. I feel I, like Champ would dance, but it's not like a defining characteristic of Champ. Yeah, I feel like it, when Champ dances, it's not like, you know, Champ doesn't dance in the in the traditional sense of, like, out on the dance floor. No. Champ's, Champ's whole existence is a kind of dance when you think about it. That's true. That's true. That's that's my answer to that question. Um, I, but I feel like like if Champ, Champ, was at a, Champ was at a party and there was dancing, Champ would dance. But I don't think you'd be like, oh, let's have, like, a dancey party. Let's invite Champ, you know? Right, yeah. yeah. Yep. Agree with that. Um, <laughs> and Ben's last question, which I didn't read until just now, is: As your editor, do I forfeit my right to ask questions? <laughs> I think my uh, no. 
Go ahead. To, apparently, I'll... apparently not. We've already answered two, two of them. So yeah. Uh, as editor, uh, you should maybe uh, demonstrate a little bit of self control. Just give us the one. <laughs> but uh, you know, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> God, um, I'm just incapable of not also, dragging Ben. But also, I've... you know, we have we have recorded this when we both have colds and are making Ben like edit out all of our sniffles. So I feel like Ben is allowed at least one extra question. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I don't know why I'm incapable of not tracking Ben. I'm sorry, Ben. You don't deserve <laughs> any of this. Uh, it's in my it's just part of my personality at this point. I, I'm gonna work on myself and try to improve as a person. <laughs> but only on just dragging Ben. That's the I'm, only Yeah, I'm I'm gonna get into you don't, it. Well, with you my don't therapist have to improve week. anything else. You're perfect otherwise. Thank you. It's very kind of you to say that it's not true. But thank you. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we'll we'll really get into it on the on the couch this week. Why why am I like this, Ben? I'm sorry. Um, you can edit all of this out. <laughs> or just um, keep it for yourself. Just keep it for yourself. I love you. Um, uh, Millian asks, "What is he a champ of?" Uh, friendship. Friendship. Friendship champ. I like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. There we go. Questions taken care of. I think like emotional maturity and health also. Interesting. I don't know if I would go we, there. He dis- we, we discussed how Champ was in that polycule with all those railway workers. That's true. That's true. Um, emotionally supportive and healthy relationships. There we go. Questions answered. Yeah. Job done. Woohoo! Uh, Lois, who are you? Where are you? Oh, uh, I'm in my house, but on the internet... I'm on Twitter, and you can find me at Lois, which is S-U-P-I-T-S-L-O-I-S. Very nice. For hot, hot content. Good work. Good job. Proud of you. Thanks. Uh, yeah. My name is Jeremy Hughes. I'm just not on the internet really anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I used to do that. Now, no longer. So. Uh, but you can still find Jeremy if you contact our Cryptozone social media. Yeah, if you need me really desperately, if there's an emergency, um, hit me up there. Otherwise, it's uh, at, at CryptidZone on Twitter. At CryptidZone on Twitter. You can find us on the internet, Crypto.Zone. We're on Spotify now. We weren't before. So if that's your deal, then find us there. That's, that's Tell the people our other URL. Oh, our other URL, monsterfuckers.club, if you're nasty. <laughs> yep. For all the disgusting, awful people out there, that's where you can you can find us also. Yeah. Uh-huh. None of you are without sin. <laughs> And also, our show's edited by uh, Ben, who we keep abusing. Um, <laughs> ben can be found on Twitter at low underscore Cinnabar, C-I-N-N-A-B-A-R. Mm-hmm. Follow Ben. Ben's great. Yep. The, truly the best of us. No offense. <laughs> big ben fans. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I'm with you. Def- Ben's definitely the best. Mm-hmm. Big fan. Uh, Much yeah. love. Yep. Lois. Yeah. Would you date Champ? Um, I think that I would, even though I think that I would know that it wasn't like a forever relationship. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. But like, hmm. you know, you're like at that point in your life where you're sort of like, yeah, I could get into something, but you know, maybe I'm moving away soon or whatever. And this is like nice and it's like loving and we're both getting something out of it but you know when it ends there's not going to be a lot of like animosity it's just it's just fine 
I feel like you have a read on on Champ that is you you feel like any relationship with Champ is like doomed to be impermanent. What is what what's what's going on there? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I think it's the the mystery, maybe, okay. and also the fact that like nobody saw Champ for like two hundred years. Um, right, but if if Samuel de Champlain just actually did see a sturgeon, then. <laughs> Then Trump just showed up in the 1800s. True, true. Um, I don't know. I think it's it's that that thing that was just like, oh, and then they just parted ways. Yeah, but you you that was you you decided. No, no, that. no. That's what it said in the article I read. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Yeah, it said, and then they Fair parted enough. ways. Uh, yeah, I think that I think that's mm-hmm. where I'm getting this energy. Okay. Yeah. What about you? Would you would you date? Yeah, definitely. Like scales, <laughs> snake situation, mm-hmm. horse horse head. Yeah. I get to live at the bottom of a lake. <laughs> yeah. There are there are no downsides. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm with you. That's that's all I got. <laughs> We're in agreement. We would date Champ. Hell yeah. Hell Plus, yeah. you know, uh, to to bring this full circle, just a good name, a good strong strong name. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Inspires confidence. It does. Well, I think we've done it. We've done it. That's it. Okay. Well, goodbye everybody. Uh we love you. Um, and we'll see you next month. Yeah, have a good time. Hit us up. Tell your friends. Yeah. Uh, because this show is too great not to be the world's number one podcast. It's true. It's true. You heard it here first. <laughs> Thank you. Goodbye. We Bye. love you. Farewell. Farewell.